to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode. I am Alexa, one of your hosts, and with me is Ambrosia, another one of your hosts. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody's having a good day, and I'm going to move my mic closer. Um, And with us is content marketing expert Jessica Thiefels. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're excited to have you. Um, you're you're in the midst of a world travel, is that correct? Yes, on the very tail end. We are in Africa right now. So I'm in Marrakesh, which is in Morocco. Wow. That's exciting. That's yeah. actually one place I've always been interested in. What's that like, Marrakesh? It's interesting it's a split kind of it's a very modern city but it still has like the old medina and the casbah which is like typical crazy morocco small streets tons of souks people yelling at you to buy stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah it's interesting it's culture shock for sure yeah and um maybe you can tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how that's actually allowed you to go on this like world (laughs) tour to like live nomadically for a while. Yeah. So I run a content marketing agency, an organic content marketing agency. So that means I don't do anything with paid. Don't do any paid social ads or paid Google ads. I just focus on the organic side of things, um, which is content. So creating content, creating a strategy, um, publishing content, and then social media, building a community and then, Everything that falls within that. So email marketing, um, any type of writing you can think of. And so I run that business myself. And I actually don't think I've ever met any of my clients. Uh, There's no need for me face-to-face. So I can do this literally anywhere in the world. And my husband and I wanted to travel long-term for many years. And the opportunity finally presented itself. So we left... April 10th of this year, we left San Diego, and it's, I don't know what day it is, <laughs> November, <laughs> November 25th. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been almost a full eight months that we've wow. been traveling. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Cool. Well, we thought it would be really fun to, you know, have you on here because a lot of our listeners are they're awakening to their intuitive abilities. Um, a lot of them are starting to kind of build whether it's legitimate businesses or just something that they're considering like their side hustle um, or like a spiritual side hustle, so to speak. 
Um, but that's kind of where a lot of our listeners are at. They're they're embracing these abilities that you know maybe they haven't before and realizing that they can actually help people with this and they can actually create a business around this because this is what really lights them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the things that I think people in general, as well as our audience, struggles with is well, how exactly do I do that? How do I get people to listen to me? How do I build my audience? How do I, you know, if I start like an Instagram or a Facebook or whatever it is for this spiritual side hustle, how do I actually build this out? Because there's a million people out there. There's a million accounts. How do I find the people that are going to want to um, buy from me, right? Mm -hmm. And so – thought you would have some really interesting insight on uh, on that. Yes, absolutely. So I talk a lot about content marketing, um, but the other side of things is bringing intention to your marketing. Mm. Um, we bring intention to our lives. I'm sure especially your listeners are always focused on being intentional in their day, um, manifesting about what it is that they want. And we can do the same thing with marketing. Uh, something that I find a lot of small business owners or entrepreneurs or even people with just like a side hustle that maybe will become something more is there's a lot of doing without knowing why we're doing it. So posting on Instagram with like really no business goals or strategy behind doing that. And it may seem really complicated and it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Bringing intention is just about essentially putting a strategy in place, knowing what it is that you want and then finding the ways to do that rather than finding the ways and then trying to figure out what you're going to use those for. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, so happy to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so what are some examples of that? You know, what, like, what are some examples of some I mean, can you elaborate on that a little bit further about like maybe something that somebody might be doing right now that they could rethink in order to help them? Totally. Posting on Instagram. Yeah. This is a good example because we're all on Instagram. We all feel like we should be on Instagram, but the question is why? What value is it providing to your business? So um, the number one thing to do is – Let's just look at social media as a whole. My first step for you in getting intentional with your marketing is stepping back and figuring out what platforms can actually provide value. Um, To figure that out, there are a few things you can do. One, just look at the landscape. Who's doing what you're doing and where are they active? Um, So looking at other coaches that are coaching your specific audience. Where are they reaching that audience? Where are they getting engagement? Um, And then looking at your own data. So if you use Google Analytics or some sort of tool, you can see where people are clicking to your website or just basic um, data like where am I getting most likes? Where am I getting the most engagement? Taking these various pieces of information and then saying, okay, so it seems like right now this is working and this is working. So I'm going to pause everything else and just focus on that. My goal for every client I work with when I'm coaching is to really pare down to two, three at the absolute most social media or marketing outlets because you really want to master a few first rather than spreading yourself really thin and kind of not doing a great job in, let's say, five places versus like really killing it in two. Um, So that's step number one. 
Pull back. What, what does it mean to like kill it? You know, because I think that I think a lot of different people have a lot of different ideas about it. I know one of the things that constantly comes up is that, you know, if you're trying to, especially coming from this like spiritual, well, I was going to say coming from this whole spiritual trend that's arising, right? It's on one hand, it's kind of trendy, right? And on the other hand, it's it's on the fringe, like it's alternative. It's something that, you know, um, it's non-traditional, right? In the way that we understand it. So, mm-hmm. so I think feel like a big thing that comes up a lot is like, well, how I need I people need to understand what this is about. People need to listen to me. Like people need to, but how am I going to get them to listen to me? So mm-hmm. then it, there's a fear about like, well, if I post about this too much. Or if I, you know, if you're trying to promote something or you're trying to get people to come to your workshop, right? Like you're, or you're Reiki, like Reiki or whatever it is. It's like on one hand, you feel like you need to post a lot because like you need different people to see it. You need people to understand exactly what it is, you know. But then there's this fear about like, well, if I'm posting too much, I'm going to annoy people. People are already annoyed with this stuff. Like people don't mm-hmm. even get it. How do you, how do you kill it? Like how do you strike that balance? with posting? Gosh, there are so many answers to that question. Um, The first is, the first thing I'll say above all else, you're never talking, you're very rarely talking about something too much. You could probably post something on your stories five times and maybe catch someone once. There is so much happening on social media right now that it's so easy to get lost in the noise. So don't don't worry about overdoing it. I mean, unless you're like literally every single day saying, sign up for my course, 50% off, sign up for my course, 50% off. You know what I mean? Like, which you're probably not doing anyway. I'm sure you're talking about something in a variety of different ways. So just don't, just don't let that be a stressor on your plate. Just try to step out of that mindset and know that you're not catching people on every time you, every time you put that message out there. So that's the first thing to say. But the second thing to say is, in terms of how do you know if you're killing it, that all comes back to the goals that you set for yourself and the metrics metrics of success that you have for yourself. For a lot of people, that's just the vanity metric. So how many likes am I getting and how many followers I have? Well, both of those things are definitely important and I recommend my clients to follow those as sort of like a baseline, am I growing? it's really ultimately more important to step back to your business or your project goals. So if you have, let's say a Reiki workshop, you need to have a specific goal for that workshop. And then your social media is going to be used as a tool to facilitate you effectively reaching that goal. So by killing it, if you want to bring 20 people to your workshop, killing it is getting 20 people to your workshop Mm -hmm. and you have your various outlets for driving those signups. And so that's how, you know, really for killing it, right? Because at the end of the day, social media doesn't matter. It's just another tool like email marketing, like webinars, like podcasts to drive your community to engage with you and do what it is, you know, you want them to do basically. And how important is it, would you say, to even have a goal? Like, for example, you just said, you know, if you want 20 people to your, to come to your Reiki workshop. So I do like a tapping circle once a month. And I was just thinking, I was like, I don't even have a goal for how many people I want to come. I'm just like, oh, I'm doing it. Like, whatever. Like, whoever comes. Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like that's another thing. A lot of people are just like, I'm just going to show up and do this thing. Like how important is it to like have speaking about intention, right? Like to actually have Mm -hmm. a number in mind, a a tangible goal in mind. Yeah, that's very much a fear-based way of approaching what you're doing. Because if we put a goal, we put ourselves in a chance to fail, right? Mm -hmm. We give ourselves an opportunity to pull ourselves down, to give ourselves crap for not succeeding. So that so know that you're coming from a fear-based place by not doing that but by putting a goal in place you're giving yourself that intention you you know talking about law of attraction if you know you want 20 people to be at that tapping workshop and every day this week leading up to it you're imagining seeing those 20 people sitting in a circle you're imagining yourself engaging with them using all those powers of manifestation by putting a goal in place you not only have a roadmap and a metric but you have something that's going to guide you really powerfully toward getting there in terms of manifesting it and bringing it to life, which is a tool that, you know, probably 90% of people don't even know is available to them. Yeah. So I have a question going back to Instagram. um, I know you said that likes and um, followers are a good metric to know that you're growing. What about when Instagram gets rid of the likes, which is coming up soon? How How is that gonna, how well, should we measure that? Say that again? You'll still be able to see them. Oh, so you'll still be able, you'll be able to see, able to see okay. your own likes on your own page. Just okay. like me looking at your page, I won't be able to see them. Um, Good. Good to know. Yeah, so you'll still have access to all of your backend analytics on Instagram like you do now, um, but I mean, I think ultimately you want to get out of the space of looking at that as an, as a metric, because that's not, that's unless you are an influencer and you get money based on how many likes you get, Mm -hmm. that's ultimately not doing anything for your business. Having 30 likes on a post versus five likes, if you're not driving business leads, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Literally means nothing. It's zero in terms of currency for your business. Um, So I would say ultimately that can be a benchmark for yourself to see that you're continually engaging your community because having an engaged community could be valuable, right? Assuming that the community is engaging with what you want them to engage with, um, which is maybe signing up for something or buying a product. Um, But at the end of the day, if the other goals you have for yourself, like making sales for a, uh, a retreat or getting people to your weekly um, event, if the platform isn't doing that for you, then it's really time to rethink how you're using it. So maybe that is, you know, maybe you're not posting enough. Maybe you're afraid of posting too much. Maybe your audience isn't there. Maybe you're not using the right hashtags to get people. Maybe you're not posting on stories enough. So people aren't able to engage with you in real time with you talking to the camera. You know, at that point, there are dozens of things that you might want to look at. Um, but without those other metrics of, of success that are related specifically to your business or your project, you're really, you're not going to know whether you're killing it or what's working because at the end of the day, that's what matters. And what are your thoughts on stories on both Facebook and Instagram on stories versus posting in your actual feed? Do you think both matter as much or does one matter more than the other? Like has someone seen the stories more or? Um, I think they both matter. Um, it's easy to get lost in the feed, but the more people interact with your account, whether that's watching your story, engaging with your story or engaging with your posts, the more often you're going to show up in front of them when they log in. So 
both are important and they both provide different value because your feed's going to stay there. It builds your brand. It adds to your credibility. It speaks to your story, um, like your story as a business owner versus stories, which allows you to drive really quick and easy engagement um, and stay at the top of that little timeline, you know? So Mm -hmm. I like to say, you know, try to post at least at a minimum three to five stories a day and try to separate them out. Because every time you post another story, you jump back to the front um, because you have fresh content. So I think they're both valuable in different ways. Right. And what about, um, you know, talking about hashtags, right? Like, so first of all, are hashtags still valuable like they used to be? And also, are there... This is a debate I constantly come up against with myself. It's like, do I want to select the hashtags that have the most amount of tags, right? Like the highest numbers or like smaller but large numbers? Like, will that give me a better chance of being seen or does any of that matter? Yeah. So I was actually just researching about choosing your hashtags. First of all, yes, on Instagram very much specifically, um, hashtags are super important. If you look at your um, insights on each post, you'll see how many visits came from the hashtags. And you want that to be as high as possible because that's how you're going to grow your community by being seen by more people. Um, So I'm using a new strategy for my hashtags that someone, and I'll send you the link so you can, or I'll comment on it um, on Facebook. Um, I don't know if it's worked yet because I just started using it like three days ago, but I'm testing it. And the idea is you're choosing hashtags from three different tiers. So the first tier is choosing three to five hashtags that have 300,000 to a million posts. So that's your, your highest tier. Those are the big ones. And don't use anything higher than a million because at that point you're going too broad. Um, And then three to five moderately popular hashtags. So those are the 80,000 to 300,000 range. Um, and then three to five that are specific to your niche, your industry, your business. Um, so like one of those for me is hashtag people's world tour. Cause that's our like travel hashtag for you guys. Maybe that's hashtag inner bloom podcast. Um, and so the idea is you're hitting all of those areas. So you are in the bigger realm where a lot more people are looking but being in the, you know, where the hashtags are less used is still valuable because they're still used. People probably still follow them. So maybe there's more of a chance to show up there, even if you have lower engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll share that link with you. So anyone yeah. on to test that out, too, um, you can see if it works. But, yes, hashtags are very much still important in terms of um, Facebook. It's so, I'm not sure, honestly, I'm really not an expert in Facebook marketing. I know how to create a strategy and use it, but there's so many different experts saying so many different things like, yes, use broad hashtags or no one even uses hashtags, so don't bother. And Twitter uh, hashtags are definitely valuable, but you don't want to overdo it. Twitter, you only want max two to three hashtags at the absolute most, and you want them to be pretty specific to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What about people that say that Facebook's outdated? It's going away. What are your thoughts on that? Because people have been saying that for a while. I don't like Facebook for business personally. I think it's re- they make it really difficult to build a community um, because you can't engage. Like Instagram, I can engage with individuals as my page and as my brand. On Facebook, that's very hard to do. 
Um, and so you have to rely on like posting on your personal page and trying to get friends and family to interact. And then, you know, maybe they share and it's just, I feel like it's a longer route to get to what you want to do. And really Facebook just wants you to pay for ads. Um, mm -hmm. It's always been a pay to play platform and they also are more focused on promoting personal connections there. They've come out and said multiple times that their goal is to make sure that people see photos from friends posts from friends because that's what their users have consistently said that they've wanted. So I don't think there's a problem putting efforts there if you think your audience is there and you're seeing success. But if you're starting from scratch, uh, that's probably not the place that I would start because I think it's harder to build community. Unless you're doing a Facebook group. I think that there's something to be said for that if you have other platforms to promote your group in. So because Facebook group is almost like you know, an offline group or a podcast. It's just a place where you're bringing people right. to, you know, come together. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. How about email marketing? Because like this is something that I think is a valuable tool. Um, and we're always hearing, I'm always hearing at least like, oh, email conversion, like email converts higher than anything else still mm. to this day. So is that true? Like if people are, you know, if people are building uh, an email list for like their spiritual side hustle and, you know, they utilize that correctly, is that true? Can it convert higher than anything? Can I also add like a little side note? How do they do that if they're just starting? Yes. So I think anybody who has a website, website should be trying to collect emails. You should always tr be trying to build a subscriber base because that takes time. And so if people are on your site, you want to try to get, you know, get all the juice you can from them being there. So if they're not going to buy from you right away or sign up for something, if you can at least get an email that gives you a chance to re-engage with them later. Um, in terms of saying definitively, is it the highest um, converting platform? There's a lot of studies that say it is. It just depends on your business. Some people see really high conversions from Instagram. Some people see really high conversions from lead forms on their site. Some people see a high conversions from email. So it just depends on your audience um, and how you're using it. So with email marketing to really, the value of it is someone has opted in. Someone has said, I want to hear from this brand. And there is also data that says that people prefer to hear from brands through email over any other platform. So people are looking for those emails, right? Um, if they signed up for it, they're interested to hear more from you. Um, but you have to be consistent. You can't just send one email every four months randomly on some random topic and hope that you're going to drive, you know, get something out of that. You have to keep yourself fresh in their mind, just like posting on social media. And you have to be consistent and regular. And it's also about really making your brand clear, making sure that your brand messaging and your tone is all on point so they consistently recognize you. They know what to expect from your email, therefore they will engage with it. So ideally clicking through. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why people say it's the highest converting uh, medium is that you can direct people, you know, people can directly click to let's say a sales page or a lead form versus something like, um, Instagram, where you have to drive people to your link in your bio, then they have to click through there, you know, it, there's a little bit of friction there. Whereas email, it can be pretty direct. Um, so I think it's I use it, I don't really get a lot out of it right now, I haven't really put in a, 
put a lot of effort into it, but I do send an email every month. I do have like a, you know, 35%, 40% open rate, which I consider to be pretty good in terms of people actually engaging with it and seeing my name and my brand. Um, but it's like anything you have to have a strategy. You have to have intention behind it. So, um, if you're doing it, you know, have something for me right now, my intention is just to get in front of these people. They're not really my target audience. My target audience is more midsize, um, B2B companies in terms of, um, my consulting, but I do do social media coaching, which is more the entrepreneur side of things. And that's sort of like the type of people that, um, I get as subscribers. So actually a goal for 2020 is to figure out how I can be, you know, get more out of that email list. Mm. You talked about intention a lot, but what about consistency? Because I know a lot of people in the spiritual community talk about how you do one thing is how you do everything. So consistency is, I know, really important when it comes to posting, when it comes to creating um, a business or a podcast, you have to be consistent. People have to know when you're going to be there. And it's Mm -hmm. just like keeping a promise. Um, So how does that translate to your business? And then how does it translate to your personal life? Personal life. Okay. Well, let's start with business. (laughs) Um, In business. Yes, absolutely. Consistency is everything in terms of frequency, your brand, your messaging, like things that I said before. So social media posting consistently is important because you want to be in front of people. You want people to see you regularly email picking a time of month that you're going to send an email every month, making sure that your email looks the same. So you use a template um, or whatever it is. I just copy the email every month and then edit the text in it. So um, it's updated, but the email looks exactly the same. So that's important. Absolutely. And that should be part of your intention is to bring consistency to everything you're doing, to what you're saying, to how you're presenting yourself. Um, In my personal life, tell me what you mean. Well, like going back to like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So Mm -hmm. consistency in the aspect of like people know what to expect from you. So do you feel like you relay that over to your personal life as far as like keeping a promise or, you know, consistency with like, um, I don't know, just get to know you better, which would be fun. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, consistency in terms of showing up for yourself and for others, I think is really, really important for me. If I, um, you know, say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't like when people bail up, bail out on me on the last minute. Um, punctuality for me is a really important part of that. I hate when people are late, especially when they don't tell you they're going to be when, when you're late for something or you don't do what you say you're going to do, you're saying that something else is more important than the other thing. And I think that's extremely rude. Um, and I never want people to feel that way because I don't like feeling that way. Um, and showing up for myself is a big part of consistency in my personal life. So um, doing the things that I know help me, manifesting, visualizing, um, every morning when I wake up before I roll over and grab my phone, I just lay in bed and I do my gratitude lists. So, I think about the things that I'm grateful for that morning. Like it could literally be like, I'm grateful for being in this comfortable bed right now, <laughs> um, whatever I'm feeling. But that really helps center me for the day because the second I pick up my phone, it's like all the stress just lands on my chest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Totally. So, 
giving myself that space in the morning consistently every single day is, is really important. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's a really easy thing to do <laughs> and try to start the day without stress. Love that. Um, yeah. By the way, if you're listening on or you're watching on Facebook, because we're on Facebook Live right now, and you have any questions for Jessica, you can ask them in the comments, and we'll ask them here um, before we start wrapping up. But Jessica, what is is there anything that we haven't gone over that you think is really important about uh, content marketing or being intentional with your content marketing or b- building like a spiritual side hustle for our, our listeners? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think that one thing we didn't touch on that is really important in terms of building your business and marketing is building in time for reflection and review. So something I do every month for my marketing and my business is just monthly reporting. So I go into my analytics and I report on how much traffic came to the site, how many leads came through my lead forms, um, where my followers are, you know, tracking follower growth. Um, And then in your business, you can do that in terms of, you know, how many sales you made or how many people signed up for whatever it is that you're promoting. And that's really important because the only way we can be successful in the future is if we know what worked in the past. Mm -hmm. And so not only is this important in the immediate in terms of looking at goals for next month or even into 2020, Um, you know, next year, but also over time, you start to see patterns. So you start to be able to pick out what is consistently working and what is consistently not working. So let's say every six months you look and see, okay, has this platform been performing the way that I thought it was? And then you can start setting bigger goals like, okay, I'm going to drop Instagram because it's not working and I'm going to put all my focus on Facebook because that's what is working. Mm -hmm. And then you want to be tracking the results of that, of course, because you want to know if that's working. You know, we're as business owners, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, we're constantly in a state of just, um, you know, beta testing ourselves, constantly A-B testing what's working, what's not. How can I optimize this? How can I do less of that? It's, um, it's like, ahead. I was just realizing it's kind of like becoming more self, the way that we journal, you know, to become more self-aware mm-hmm. about like our own patterns, right? It's kind of like a form of that, um, like kind of journaling about your business or like tracking your business to become more self-aware about like what patterns are arising and like what's working and what feels good and what doesn't. Um, It's just funny though, because I know like for me, when we start talking about like tracking and keeping track, all these things that feel very kind of masculine, you know, like in the energy wise, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to wing it. I just want to do the feminine creative, like, you know, but that is, that is something that I feel like especially a lot of us who are intuitive or who are more in touch with this feminine side, we do need to bring in more of that like masculine, linear, tracking, uh, numbers, like all of that to, because it will really give us like an advantage and a leg up and it will help mm-hmm. us see all of those patterns and things that will, you know, um, be very helpful for us as we move forward, knowing where, where to invest our energy, how much to mm-hmm. invest, where to invest it. So, Absolutely. And in terms of that too, I actually want to tell everybody that I'm, I'm writing a book. Um, so if you Ooh. follow me on Instagram, you'll see updates about that, hopefully publishing in, you know, early 2020. Um, 
but the whole book is about the power of choice and how we can constantly be making intentional choices. And we're talking a lot about that here um, in terms of marketing, but in terms of moving forward in your business as a business owner or a side hustler. Um, and something that I talk about is finding that balance, not just as like an overall having a balance as a, an entrepreneur or someone growing in their career between the masculine and feminine, but also having a balance on a day-to-day -day basis. So for me, sometimes I'll wake up and I'm feeling like I want to do the flow tasks. I want to dream today. I want to really journal through some ideas. I want to write some blog posts that I'm really feeling called to write. And other days I'm like, you know, I'm feeling like I just want to put on a movie and just like jam through some numbers, you know, just do like the mindless sort of reporting tasks, say. Um, so allowing yourself the freedom to to ebb and flow with where you're feeling in that, because obviously it's very masculine to push yourself to do it, but you can still operate with the masculine sort of mindset using your flow-based way of living to get there. Um, that sounds kind of a weird way to yeah. say that. <laughs> no, I like it. That was a good way to say it. Um, but that's really important. I found for me, I had to really move actually the opposite. I have always been a very strict, rigid person come from like a very controlled upbringing. And when I started writing my book and moving more toward this side of business where I'm talking about the power of choice and intention and chasing your dreams, which are things I really firmly believe in. I had to start moving into that way of being more of the flow, the artistic, the creative, um, and so I very quickly learned the value of, of using both to get where it is that you want to go. Cause you have to have both yeah. in order to be intentional. You need the metrics and you need the vision. <laughs> yeah. And like the inspiration, right? The mm -hmm. ideas. Love that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Jessica. Oh, hi, Liz. Liz says, hi ladies. Um, Jessica, uh, where can people find more information on you or get in touch with you? Or I know you have some resources for people. Where can people find you? Yeah, um, I post most actively on Instagram and Twitter. I love Twitter. I know people like think it's old school, but it's the best. If you actually want to build a community on social media. Um, so you can find me. Just search Jessica Thiefels. I can also drop the links in the comments after this. Um, I'm at jthiefels on Twitter and at jessicathiefels on Instagram. And then if you go to my website, jessicathiefels.com, I have a whole resources page. So I have lots of fun downloads that make it really easy to get intentional with your marketing. So um, I have some goal setting stuff on there. Um, Ooh, for your that's fun. Like a keyword research guide and a content calendar template. Um, all the things you can use to really get organized, especially this time of year as we move into 2020, using all of those resources to really get your marketing in, in order. Nice. Totally. Thank you so much. Yeah, we can actually put those links in our show notes um, for those of you listening on the podcast. Um, so it'll be really easy for you to click and, and see everything that Jessica has to offer and check her out and follow her. Um, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all about this. I know this will be super helpful to some of our listeners who are really wanting to like step up their game here because this can be really <laughs> overwhelming, you know, um, and it's we need more also, you know, people like you and people who can speak this language, right? Like this kind mm -hmm. of 
um, to to be able to get you know the message across and also see that like it's it there are some simple ways to go about this that don't have to be so overwhelming. Um, yes. Yeah. So thank you so much. Uh, Ambie, anything you want to share or anything you want to No, add? actually, I was going to say you have a really nice way of taking something that seems overwhelming and making it in a really simple form. Yeah. So Good. Just That's what I always want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. So before we go, let us just thank our Patreons. Yay, um, Patreons. Yay. Patrons? I, Patrons. Patrons. Um, your Radical Heart, Whitney Kanika, <laughs> sorry guys, Tiffany Polito, Tammy Lip, Sheena Bowen, Sean Doe, Shannon McCoy, Sarah Meehan, Sammy Jean, Renee Hart, Priscilla Marquez, Peter School of Irish Dance, <coughs> Nicolette Pierce. This is a tough one. <coughs> oh my gosh, sorry guys. <coughs> Mimi Abnetter, Maribel Amunty, Mandy Ford, Kasha Boshnevich, Jamie McMahon, Jamie Edwards, Jamie Parenton. Guys, I'm going to die before I make it through this list. Guys, you guys are killing her. You're, You're actually killing, killing her. <laughs> Heather Keeper, Grace, Evil Tattoo, Dana Phillips, Dana McFadden, Courtney Fahey, Cheyenne Carroll, Charm City Foster Mama on Instagram, Karen Miranda, MillionLittleChanges.com, Alex Letary, Alex Anderson, Adana Caskell, and Nike. Thank you so much. Thank I don't you. think anybody has actually ever listened to the patrons <laughs> until now when you might actually croak here. No, actually, on... people do listen to the patrons because people tell me when they see people's names pop up on the yeah. live, they're like, oh, my God, you're a real – it's like they're a celebrity to people. Which I is love cool. that. I love that. Hi, Shanley. Uh, all right. Well, um, we love you all so, so much. And until next time, keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.